Hello, I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. This podcast homily for Fifth Sunday after Easter, commonly called Rogation Sunday, is the sixth in a series of seven podcast homilies for Easter Day through Sunday after Ascension Day. Listeners may benefit from the AIC seasonal video series, Eastertide from Resurrection to Ascension, presented in three episodes linked from the digital library page with podcast versions on the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The series offers a brief history of the evolution of Easter and the traditional method of calculating the date of Easter plus its effects on the celebrations of Epiphany and Trinity seasons, Anglican traditions of Easter through Ascension, including the seasonal color and fasting traditions, and commentary on the Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Easter Day, Monday and Easter Week, Tuesday and Easter Week, all five Sundays after Easter, Ascension Day, and Sunday after Ascension Day in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Fifth Sunday after Easter, are discussed in Episode 3. Fifth Sunday after Easter is also known as Rogation Sunday, from the Latin verb rogare, to ask or to beseech. Rogation has little meaning today in our post-agricultural society, but its purpose is still relevant, an occasion to pay our thankfulness to the Lord for all the bounties of nature. The epistle reading for Fifth Sunday after Easter, James 1, verses 22 to 27, is another selection from one of the New Testament wisdom books. St. James directly takes on the issue of the difference between knowledge of Scripture and actually acting upon its teaching. For this podcast homily, I have added emphasis on certain key words, including doers, hearers, thinks, and on the concept of bridling bridling the tongue, which I discussed in last week's homily. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, This one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself spotted from the world. The Gospel reading for Fifth Sunday after Easter, John 16, 23-33, is Jesus' farewell address to his disciples. It is the third of three readings focused on John 16. The account is found only in the Gospel of St. John, the beloved disciple. 
The time is still the evening of Maundy Thursday in the hours before Jesus' arrest, which followed from his betrayal by Judas Iscariot. In the address, Jesus introduces the now familiar concept of prayer to the Father in Jesus' name. Please always keep in mind in your own personal prayers that when Jesus says in verse 22b that whatever, quote, you ask the Father in my name, he will give you, unquote, and that the whatever you ask for should always be only that which is truly in the service of God. It should never be taken to mean as an example that God will give you a Mercedes-Benz just because you pray for it. The disciples had been puzzled by Jesus' speaking in parables, which they sometimes had difficulty understanding. Now in verse 25, he says, quote, The time is coming, unquote, and has now come when he will no longer speak, quote, in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father, unquote. John reports in verse 27 Jesus' instruction to them concerning the Father's love for them. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. In the post-Easter season in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer, the theme in all three readings from the Gospel of St. John is that Jesus would soon depart from them and go back to the Father from whom he was sent in the Incarnation. In verse 28, Jesus makes this very clear, straightforward declaration. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. John has revealed in his gospel that it was only on this night, near the end of Jesus' earthly life, that the disciples were able to declare their belief in the divinity of Jesus as the only begotten Son of the Father, saying in verses 29b and 30, See, now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things, and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. In the final three verses of this pericope, St. John reveals Jesus speaking on the true meaning of his incarnation, his divine origin, and also of the message of salvation and of hope of life eternal in the Father's kingdom. Verses 31b, 32, and 33. Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In our modern world, we often mistake the meaning of peace. Here it is the assurance of life in the everlasting kingdom and not earthly peace as in the absence of war. 
in me you may have peace also speaks of that inner peace that comes from confidence in the truth that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of the Father and that he was sent or incarnated in the world for the salvation of mankind. When Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, he is warning them that on this earth they should expect to be persecuted for their faith. Far from the modern idea that the faithful will prosper on this earth, these words mean that Christians should always expect to be persecuted, scorned, laughed at, mocked, and suffer many other indignities for his sake. In spite of this, Jesus assured them, But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In other words, death is no longer the end, but the beginning. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily for Fifth Sunday after Easter are available at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net where seasonal and Christian education videos are linked from the digital library page, Bible study videos from the Bible study page, and podcasts of all three from the podcast archive page. Information about AIC bookstore publications is available through the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the home page. And now the resources from the seasonal video series, The Twelve Days of Christmas, the key word for third day of Christmas, December 27th, is peace. From our Bible study video series, New Testament Gospels, Jesus' use of words translated as time in the Gospel of St. John are featured in episode 43. In the Lives of the Saints series, from the first series, episode 4 is focused on St. John, and from the second series, episode 28, is focused on the three English martyrs, including Archbishop Cranmer. In the seasonal video series mentioned earlier, Easter Tide, From Resurrection to Ascension, an illustration of an English celebration of Rogation Sunday in the form of a blessing of the fields, is available in episode 3. From the AIC Bookstore publication, Christian Spirituality and Anglican Perspective. In Part 1, you'll find a discussion of the writings of the late 17th century Anglican divine, the Blessed Lancelot Andrews, on the progression of the Spirit and of praying through Jesus to the Father. In Part 4 of the same book, you'll find examples of apostolic wisdom in the writing of St. James, as well as St. Jude, St. Peter, and St. Paul. And finally, in Layman's Lexicon, I recommend the entries for Father on pages 75 to 76, Parable on 161 to 162, Peace on 165, Rogation on 189, and Tribulation on 229. The first closing prayer for Rogation Sunday is my own adaptation of a Maronite Catholic prayer from the late 7th or early 8th century. The second is the Collect for Fifth Sunday after Easter, which Archbishop Cranmer adapted for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from a prayer in the 8th century sacramentary 
of the 5th century Roman Catholic Pope, Gelasius. Grant us, O Lord God, that as we assemble here today, our minds released from worldly thoughts and our attention turned to Thee, we may stand in Thy presence with tranquility, offering ceaseless praise and uninterrupted thanksgiving, and acknowledging the loving kindness through which our lives are directed, ruled and protected, and our souls saved. To thee we offer praise and thanksgiving, now and ever, and unto the ages of ages. Amen. O Lord, from whom all good things do come, grant to us thy humble servants that by thy holy inspiration we may think those things that are good, and by thy merciful guiding may perform the same through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.